Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, our featured guest is Jill Rath. And Jill grew up in Columbus, Georgia, the youngest of three girls. Her parents and grandparents opened up McDonald's store number 150. That's right, 150. I don't know how many there are in the world, but I know there's tens of thousands. So that was store 150. This is the early days of the McDonald's Corporation. She remembers being jealous that her sisters were old enough and tall enough to work on the floor and the prep and operations area of the McDonald's. So her first job at seven years old was answering the phone with, good morning, McDonald's is your kind of place. May I help you please? How'd I do with that, Jill? That was pretty that was impressive perfect. for a little seven-year-old girl voice. Uh, she ultimately worked her way uh, through the store next moving on to make shakes on the very, the very multi-mixers that Ray Kroc himself sold to the McDonald's brothers when they first met. So she loved working in that business and greeting customers with a smile and engaging them. And her parents instilled that strong work ethic in everything that she did. The reason why uh, Startup Nation, I give you that background is because I think this hidden secrets of uh, an entrepreneur's success in their childhood, right? Strong work ethic, loving client engagement, right? This is already in Jill. So you're already uncovering and unwrapping who this woman is, my next guest. Uh, then she kind of went in and pursued her dream of fashion designer, but after losing her dad to cancer, she pivoted and then reinvented herself. You've all done that, right? You've reinvented yourself following another love of hers, which was to become a food stylist in New York City. That just sounds cool. I'm guessing it's like all oh, how you arrange the food and make it look pretty for photo shoots and all that stuff for promo. I don't know. She'll, she'll tell us. And then she's currently, she's a licensed real estate agent in New York and Texas, and she's closed over $22 million in sale. What do all these things have in common? She's helped businesses thrive by putting people first, by transforming transactions into interactions. And I think that's so awesome. And what I hear from that, Jill, is you really take the, the money side of business and you bring in the humanity, right? Because that's what it's all about. It's about relationships, not so much profit. Profit is necessary, but it's about relationships. So uh, also, I got to add this because this girl's like all over the place pursuing dreams. I love it. So she's a mother of two teenage uh, two teens, a boy and a girl, her best productions. Uh, she's in an open water 
two certified scuba diver and a polyglot. I had to look that up, by the way, Startup Nation. That means she speaks many languages fluently, three exactly. Uh, so welcome to the show, Jill Raff. You can find her at jillraff.com. Jill, thanks for being here. Take a minute and share with us something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Thank you so much. It's so great to be with you, first of all. Um, wow. Um, I would say that early on, I'm really going to divulge something big here. <laughs> Makes me actually emotional. Um, so I grew up feeling pretty strong and confident about myself. And yet I faced something where, um, okay, basically I was applying to schools, universities, and did always did great in school. I stunk at standardized testing. And this is the first time I'm telling this story <laughs> because it was something I was always, you know, poo-pooed. But I realized that the long and short of it is I, w I didn't get into the school that I wanted. That door was closed. So I thought, well, I'll enter in from the side. There's another way. I don't accept no very easily. So I worked really hard. I did get into another school that was a fine institution, just really not what I wanted. And they told me you can't do take this many hours. And it was one hurdle after the next. Well, I did it. I got into the school that I wanted, but I allowed that for that period of time for that to define me. Mm. And I felt really stupid. I felt bad about myself. And I, that was a foreign feeling. Where's so, that shown up in your career? Like that feeling, where else has that shown up? Cause normally if it shows up in the beginning and that sounds like a traumatic thing that happened to you, mm -hmm. normally it's littered through in other areas of our life. So where else has that showed up? Yeah, that's an outstanding question. I think actually it's shown up more um, in this more recent endeavor that I'm doing than previous ones. Because um, uh, previously I went in wholehearted, I jumped in, no fear, you know, I love the challenge. And this time somehow I've, I have the fear and I've been working with um, actually a great book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Oh, I like um, that. Feel the fear, Startup Nation. And it's come up again. Yeah. I love that. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Listen, in business startup nation, you're going to have fear. It's inevitable, right? But you got to do it anyway. Yes. You know, Jill and I, we were just talking before we went live and, and I was like, Hey, in business, you got to face the suck, right? You, it's yeah. it's going to suck the first few years, but you got to do it anyway. Like embrace the suck, right. get to work, make it happen. That's why you're going to win because everybody else won't do what you're about to do. So here's why I invited Jill onto the show. I met her at a business conference, a, a podcast conference in Austin, Texas, a little hometown there. And we got to chatting and I really liked her personality because that's a big thing. Like I have to have, feel a human connection. See what I did there, Jill? Because mm -hmm. you're all about human connection. Yeah, so I have to have that human connection with my guests. And Jill is a little different in this regard, Startup Nation. She just started the, her brand new company and she's gonna chat about that for a little bit. And she's gonna give us a totally different spin. Here's why. She's at pre-revenue. So she's literally that brand spanking new with this new business, but she has all these years and entire career of seasoned successes and failures along the way that are really going to 
launch her into a successful, um, I believe, a successful uh, just push into this new business. So I brought her on here, even though she's not my typical, she's not at the typical stage of a guest. I want her to give you this different angle because I know some of you right now are pre-revenue. You're pre-revenue listening to this show and you're like, I don't know what to do. I need cash flow. And you're, you're in that whole desperation feeling and you're actually showing up with your clients and potential clients as desperate. Don't think you're not. You are. If you're feeling financial pressure, your clients are feeling it. They're seeing it on you. And it's actually self-sabotaging you, right, from getting the very thing that you want. So Jill is going to really take us through the journey of wrestling with some of those things right now in herself, like she just brought up. She's got fear all of a sudden where she didn't have that before. Like, why is this showing up again? I should be past this. I should be done with fear altogether, right? That's what we want to believe, but it's not how life shows up. So Jill, what shows up for you in everything I just shared there? Um. Well, I think you're 100% correct that where we may not have had fear before, somehow I think when we put our own name, although I've always worked, with, it's my name. It's, it's, I work for the comp whatever company I had worked for in the past before I went into various entrepreneur endeavors, I worked for that company as if it was my own. So that's who I am. But having it be solely my name. And even though food styling was my name, somehow I can't explain it, but somehow this feels different to me. And that's interesting. Okay, let me let me just pause there because that's a very really good point. I've experienced this myself. I know my listener has experienced this or is going through it right now. It's it's one thing to put your name onto a proven system, a proven model for someone else's business. It's a completely different thing when it's your business with your name, especially if there's no proven model and you got to now figure out that model. Like that changes everything altogether. And you could have had great successes building other people's businesses in the past. And now all of a sudden, when you try to do it for yourself, you're like, this sucks. It's not as easy as you think. So what's showing up there? Well, and you feel that there's more, um, there's more vested somehow because it is solely you and it reflects on you and your ability. And you worry about, are people going to see my, my full value? Are they going to, am I going to be able to deliver as much as I value? I know I have, are they going to be disappointed? Or are they going to feel satisfied? Um, even though in the back of my mind, um, I was told once I was doing some coaching and there was this whole personality test, whatever. And they're like, Jill, you're the type who over delivers. People want a thimble's worth of service and you bring a wheelbarrow. But the problem is that most people don't even appreciate the wheelbarrow. They don't see it. You see the details. And so I'm, trying to wrestle with and understand that that is who I am. There's no way I'm going to under deliver. There's no way I'm not going to provide value and listen to that voice and just like flick that other negative voice away. So what's that other negative voice? Let's get provocative. I got to go here, Jill. Do you give me permission <laughs> to go here? Okay. <laughs> Come on, because you're, gonna, you're going to be the hero for our, our listener right now. Sure. Because you're going to take the punches that they can't right now, but yeah. they need to hear. Is that fair? Yeah, sure. No okay, problem. so would you say that that fear, because you know you'll over-deliver. You have evidence of that throughout your entire career. People have told you, oh my gosh, you like, here's the expectation of the customer, and you 10x that thing, okay? Mm -hmm. You're welcome, Grant Cardone. Okay, so like, is the fear a fear of being rejected personally or not accepted 
What is the fear? How would you articulate it? I think there's always a piece of that that's a personal fear mm-hmm. um, of rejection and judgment, um, not being good enough. Although it's not, let me take that back. It's not being good enough, but for me, it's that fear of not meeting up to someone's expectations um, in business. So like if they, you know, I offer certain package or program or whatever it is that I'm doing with them. And what I come in and do and deliver, my fear is that they won't feel that that is enough, that they don't feel that I've satisfied their problem. And, and what meaning will your mind create if that happens? Oh, failure. Like, oh my gosh. I, you know, I, like you failed or you're a failure? Um, that I failed because I, I, I succeed in a lot of other areas of life. There you go. That's cool. I know for some of our listeners in Startup Nation, that's a very important distinction to really get. Your mind wants to lie to you that when you fail at something, meaning you just didn't get the expected result, your mind somehow tells you that you and who you are as a person are a failure. And that is such a lie. Don't believe it. So if you're wrestling with that right now, hear my voice, hear Jill's voice right now and know that what you do is not who you are. It's completely separate. Like don't put your identity in your business, put it in your beliefs, your faith system, your, your creator, God, put it in where the things that matter, not in the things that fluctuate, you know, day to day, like how much profit you bring in. Right, Jill, what's showing up in that? Anything you want to add to that? Exactly. Yeah. Just that, um, I think also, I really believe very firmly, and I know again from my, my art and my design background, that I, I try not to look at it as a failure, but as a stepping stone. And I know truly that if I allow myself to let go of that fear, when I allow myself to let go of that fear, that it, if I make a mistake, it's, it's a learning opportunity. It's not failure. It actually will lead me to somewhere that ultimately I probably would have never arrived. I know that's true and through art and it's true in business too. And so, and I tell my kids this all the time. And so if you're, if you leave yourself open to making mistakes and like, yes, have a, a roadmap and have that point where you're going, but be able to pivot and when, and then reassess. And if it didn't match what you wanted, it's okay. You made that fair. So then correct. And so it's like a sailor, right? Tacking and, and just um, seeing it as opportunities and not as failures. I like that. And Jill, I could speak personally here that sometimes uh, in my previous businesses, I, what I thought was a total failure actually led me to a breakthrough in a road or a path that I hadn't even considered in something that the client actually wanted, not what I thought they wanted. Mm. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So let's get into strategies because our listener wants to know, give me the three strategies, the five strategies, the 10 tips, the, the, the 10 steps, right? We're all about steps and strategies. At the end of the day though, Startup Nation, if you don't have your mindset right, I could give you Warren Buffett strategies. I could give you Bill Gates strategies, Steve Jobs strategies, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's, Grant Cardone's, uh, Gary V's. I could keep going. I'm not going to, but I could give you all those proven winning strategies and you'll still suck at it because you didn't get your mindset right. Like that's game changer, right? And this is why I speak about your, your spirituality and business go together 
Because if you believe in something like your faith and your spirituality, but you try to disconnect that from doing business and how you show up in business, guess what? You're like duality. You're split down the middle and you're showing up inauthentically. And people are reading it and they don't know why you're showing up inauthentically. They just know that hmm, something's off. So, ah, you know what? I'm going to hold off on on uh, saying yes to this person right now. And you lose sales like this. So this hits your bottom line. All right, so here's what I want you to do, Jill. You have so much experience and so many successes along the way in your career so far. You're starting this brand new business. First off, take 30 seconds. Give me what is the business specifically and who do you serve as far as a ideal client? Sure. So um, currently I am a customer experience strategist. And what that means is that um, what we found is that most people feel that most that their customers, they're having a transactional interaction. So when they have an interaction in a, in a business, a store, whatever they're buying, that it's transactional and not leaving with a positive, memorable experience. Mm. And so I work with companies to help them um, basically increase their revenue, repeat customers, ratings, and uh, retention by putting people first. And making sure that they do transform those transactions into interactions, making a genuine relationship with those people. Okay. I really get that. So what, give me specifically, what are your top three strategies based on this entire career of successes and failures that you have behind you in your tool belt? And what are the three top strategies that you are deploying right now or about to deploy in this business to make your first 100K in the next 12 months or less? Um, so I think one is really knowing who you are, um, what problem you solve, and what makes you unique in solving that problem. So getting super clear. Clarity is the key. And what the way I'm doing that actually is through a seven-step customer experience transformation process that I created. And the first part of that, the first step is knowing your brand, your core values, your mission statement. And no doubt about it. If you don't define it, then it will be defined for you. So know exactly who you are and everything that you do, every business decision that you make later on will always be reflected back and ask, is that in alignment with my core values? Is that in alignment who we want to be to the world? So that to me is, is key. Number one, no matter how far along you are, go back maybe and reassess your, your values and make sure that everything is done according to that. I really get that. One step. What's your number two? Number two. So since I don't have time to go into the, the seven steps, um, the premise and the foundation behind it is called PMI. Um, and although I'm a real estate agent, it's not private mortgage insurance. Um, it's actually insurance much more important. And that is the repeat customer insurance. And that is based around positive, memorable interaction. PMI, positive, memorable interactions. And while it might seem very commonsensical, it's really about greeting a person, meeting them where they are, look at, looking at them in the eye, being genuine, asking about them. I mean, there's so many little tips and strategies, but it's making sure that their experience with you is positive, that they have a memorable, a positive memorable experience to take away and talk about you, to send repeat customers, to send referrals, um, I'm sorry, to become a repeat customer and send referrals. And, and the I is really important, and that is that interaction um, to, to change it from being a transaction, really relate to connect with someone. 
How do you do it in a way where it's not manipulative? In other words, like you're, you're, oh, I'm making eye contact right now. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm connecting. I hope they feel this, but when am I going to close the sale? Okay. When am I going to ask? When am I going to get their wallet? You know what? It doesn't enter my mind. So I have been asked so many times in my real estate deals. Well, what's your commission? How much are you making on that? And I'm like, you know what? I have no idea. I am busy serving my clients. I haven't thought about what money I'm making. And so, yes, money's important. And I know I'm going to get whatever percentage is a part of that deal. But while I'm in it, just like right now, if, if you are speaking to someone while you're in it in the moment, you shouldn't be thinking about the money and closing the deal. You should be thinking, how can I genuinely serve them the best? How can I put their interest first? And the money will follow. They'll feel it. Like you talked about before. It's that feeling. They'll feel it's icky and fake and you want their money, or they're going to feel, wow, this is a human being who really cares about what my problem is and wants to solve it. I get that. So Startup Nation, I'm going to add just a little bit and a little pushback or curve on that, because I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, well, yeah, that's really good. But then what if I forget to close the deal? Like, well, sometimes I'll forget to ask for the money. And then like, I give all this value and, and, and they take it and then they leave and I don't even get a customer out of it. Here's my solution for you. And Jill, you correct me if, if you think it's off or anything like that. Okay. I would say, practice your sales conversation, like literally rehearse it and practice it so that it becomes second nature. Do it with your friends, your family, do it in the mirror and practice your clothes, right? Practice that enrollment conversation at the end, right? And it can look something so simple like, okay, the next step, uh, do you have any other questions? They're like, no, no other questions. Great. The next step is blank. What credit card do you want to put that on? Yeah. And it can literally be that simple and that smooth, but have that rehearsed so that you can do what Jill's saying and be 100% present with that potential client serving and giving. And then just like a reflex, that enrollment conversation just comes right out of you because you've rehearsed it so many times. Jill, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, no, very much. I just echo that 100% because again, part of my unique value is that I do come from diverse industries that I've worked at and across, across the globe. And my real estate really helps me with that because that's what we're trained to know your scripts, even though, you know, it's not word for word, know what to say, know how to close. And I've taken deals away from people that I probably shouldn't have, and they've paid more money for me to represent them, but I got the deal. And, you know, that's, that's the key is I think knowing it, it's natural, it flows. So it doesn't come off as salesy or pitchy. It comes off as you genuinely want to take care of them. And this is how we're going to do it by you signing up to work with me. Okay. Got it. What's your number three strategy you're deploying this year to make your first 100 K in this business? It's um, establishing those relationships and then really putting out a call to action and what I call the fortune follow through because um, relationships first, as we've been discussing, but the call to action, people instinctually want to give, they want to help you. They want to um, give back to you, especially when you've given to them that universal law of reciprocity. So I think when we give in this case, outstanding customer experience, then they're going to be giving you back referrals and repeat customers. And so it's that relationship and making sure that you have the call to action. What do you want them to do? Tell them. People will generally do what you want, but they want, they want to be told, how, how do you, 
want me to act to this? How do you want me to engage? How, you know, give them the steps, make it easy for them. I get that. So Startup Nation, literally one of the best closes I've ever had, in, and it's transferable to so many businesses, is any other questions? No? Great. The next step is, and then tell them what you want them to do. The next step is, that's your enrollment right there. And literally eight to nine out of 10 will go, okay. And you're just like, really? Okay, great. Um, all right. So what is fortune follow-up? You mentioned that. You slipped that in. What do you mean by that? That the fortune really isn't the follow-up. You People can be hear you and they'll love it and they'll be you know, connected and they'll be motivated. And then you drop off the map and they forget. If you don't stay front of mind for them, then you're not going to make the money. And the fortune is the money is in the follow-up. So staying front of mind, reminding them that you're here, asking them, how can I help you now? It's those steps. And again, a lot of that comes from my real estate practice, but um, definitely follow up, follow up, stay front of mind. And that's where you're going to make the money. Fan freaking tastic. All right, Startup Nation, let's do a quick recap of Jill's Raff wisdom here. Jill Raff wisdom. You can find her at jillraff.com. And this is how she is going to make her first 100K this year in her new business in the next 12 months or less. So 2019, Jill, I want this. I want to see you do this. I want you to check in with me and send me an email as soon as you cross the, the 100K. If it's four months from now or six months from now, send me an email. I want to know. We'll bring you back on the show, okay? okay. We'll do a second one and we'll be like, okay, what worked? What didn't work? And, and, and we'll kind of take the conversation from there. Are you in agreement with that? Great. Yeah, I love it. Sounds All right, great. fantastic. All right, so quick recap, Startup Nation. Jill says, number one, get clear on who you are and your values. And not only is that a game changer for starting your new business, but it's going to be the very guideline that you use to grow and expand and scale your business one, three, five, ten years from now. And that's the, the kind of the, the measuring stick, I would say, of what decisions to move forward in and which ones to stay away from. And it makes your decision-making really easy when you have yes, no, yes, no. It either lines up with your values and your beliefs and your vision, or it doesn't. And if it's not getting you closer to those, no matter how shiny the distraction is or how many zeros it has at the end of it, right, Jill? That's you right. still say no to it because eventually you'll, you'll end up dissatisfied because you're now out of integrity of what you, who you are and what you stand for. So that's tip number one. Number two, create positive, memorable interactions, PMIs. Create PMIs everywhere. I want PMIs over here, PMIs over there. All right? So just get with your clients and be fully present with them. Rehearse your sales conversation. Most importantly, rehearse your enrollment conversation at the end of it so that it's just second nature for you and it just comes up and you'll know exactly when in the moment, looking your client in the eye, when to say, do you have any other questions? The next step is blank. And then just sign them up. Okay, that's simple. And then final tip, Jill says, is call to action. The money is in the follow-up. So fortune follow-up. Get your fortune follow-ups going. You got to reach out to people. There's too much noise, too much distraction right now with social media or our phones, our devices, just everything in our life. We don't quiet down. And there's just too many things that your client has coming at them constantly. And even though they said yes to you and they want to do business with you, somehow when they got home and the kids came at them and they had to wash the floor and clean the dishes and, and deal with all the fires at home, they forgot about you. 
It's not their job to remind themselves. It's yours. It's your job as the business owner to follow up and remind them of how you can help them win in their life. Jill, anything you want to add to those three? How did I do? You did great. Okay. Nothing to add or are we good on that? Um, no, I think that summarizes those pieces. Fantastic. My favorite part of the show, Jill, welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's just for fun. Don't overthink it. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Jill, what's your favorite sound? Laughter. for sure. Laughter. That's a good one. What's your least favorite sound? Someone in pain. Mm, got that. What are you most afraid of? Not meeting someone's expectations in business. I get that. What did you spend way too much time doing, I would say, your first few months in this business? <laughs> Definitely overthinking. Perfectionism, overthinking every detail. I, I get that. Per Listen, Startup Nation, perfectionism is literally the enemy of excellence. It is, and productivity for that matter. Jill, what secret fear do you have about people? Being judged. Yeah. Alignment, yeah. It's very human. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? I think clarity on my purpose, on my true purpose of how to serve people and have the most impact. So that, that means that has a lot of meaning and importance to you, is getting who you are down, yes. like really knowing who you are at your core. All right, so what's a new habit you want to form? I want to meditate and eat cleanly and meditate on a daily basis. I'm trying to make that into a ritual. I totally have something for you at yeah. the end, if you like, cool. an invitation. What is a, a bad habit you want to break? Procrastinating. Yeah, I got that. And, and probably due to fear. I mean, it's all full circle here. Everything we've been talking about, right? Yeah. Hey, welcome to the human condition, right? This is what we all wrestle with. All right, pick three words to describe who you are now. Who I am now. I would say genuine, mm -hmm. life learner, mm. and um, collaborator. Yeah, I got that. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in your previous business. How's that? Or your uh, first month in this business. How's, maybe that's a better I one. I would say curious. Mm-hmm determined and impatient impatient yeah and perfectionist yeah, <laughs> i'm throwing two, that one in there you don't do well together <laughs> impatient perfectionist oh my gosh yeah you know perfection right yeah perfection should be fast let's go i love it that's hilarious okay and last question jill if you could come back to life after you died look your family and friends and your little boy and girl in the eye and give them only one piece of advice what would you say to them i would say only one piece of advice that's a tough one uh live in love and and live with no regrets um and maybe a side note, just that, you know, I love that book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And I think when we look back, most of it is small stuff. It is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep. Startup Nation. Success is about more than just making money. It really is, you know, and if you've been on the other side of success, I've been there. I got everything that I wanted and I was so lonely and miserable because I spent all my time building my empire and not what was on the inside, the things that matter, 
like my spirituality, like my relationships, like inner peace, just loving who I was and even knowing who I was. So focus on those things. Jill, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K? Um, I think that I, there's a great quote by Ross Perot that says, in terms of tying in especially to my, my business, but spending a lot, that, spend a lot of time talking to your customers face-to-face and that you'd be amazed how many companies don't listen to their customers. But Jill, I want to hide behind my email. I want to hide behind Facebook posts. I want to hide behind texts. Why can't that work, Jill? Because as soon as you flip out, you're out of their mind. You haven't created the real relationship. The real relationship comes from the face-to-face. Jill, now you know why I do video chats for my podcast as well. Because I get to see you. I get to have that human interaction. And right here, we're forming a bond of contributing value to the world together. We're co-creating right now. Isn't that awesome? All right, cool. So uh, you can find Jill at Jill Rath. That's Jill, R-A-F-F dot com. That's Jill Rath dot com. And Jill, what do you want to... Talk about, is there anything that you're working on right now? Anything exciting that you want to offer a value to our listener? Uh, sure. I'm, um, I have an ebook that will be available on my website soon. So um, go to jillraff.com and you can sign up for it there on the contact form. And if any of what I've said resonates with you, you know, please reach out, um, speak to me. I'd love to see how I can help you and your business to create those increased revenue, retention, ratings, repeat customers through putting your people first. It's all about the people interactions. I'm loving this. Jill, thanks for joining us today. And I wish you peace, joy, and love. And your next 100K, your first 100K in 12 months, woman, you're coming back on the show. All right. You said it publicly. You now have to show up and do it. Exactly. All right. God bless. Thank you. You too. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to BrokenCatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.